Welcome, one and all, to the Moon Knight Podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial voice of the Marvel Cinematic Community. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hello, Pete. What are you doing, you donut? The Moon Knight Podcast by Fantastic Geek for Episode 2, Summon the Suit, is brought to you by Paperweight Shop, now carrying pyramids. Pete, here we are ensconced in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, particularly as we are counting down to all these uh, Moon Knight episodes, Doctor Strange, early next month. Meanwhile, we have half a foot over there in the Star Trek universe. We talked Strange New Worlds this past week, looking ahead to some Picard tomorrow. Uh, and with that, Pete, the Star Trek universe, universe giveth a bit more. Yes, a Star Trek Lower Decks Season 3 trailer today. We will be diving into some Lower Decks a little later on this week. With that, though, it's now time for our episode, Raw Cap. An unseen creature roars and punches land as undisturbed sand comes into view and the camera pans up to Steven awakening and leaping out of bed in the light of day, pulled to the floor by his right ankle restraint. He opens a three-way mirror and looks in it asking if he's there didn't think so <laughs> steven walks to work at the museum an overhead shot craning upside down as he passes the outside security guard plumber leaves as he enters and his bruv jb gets his attention as he stretch out stretches out the hazard stanchions they're saying it was burst pipes, but it doesn't look like that to him. Stephen asks if he's looked at the security footage and JB was about to. Stephen thinks he should go with him because uh, he might have some information about it. Don't tell Donna. He let him into that arena, though. Stephen warns him that what he's going to see is going to melt his brain. Area 51 MI6 bonkers. The video time-stamped at 11.47 and 27 seconds, shows Scotty, still Steven, crouching behind a display. Is he crying? A bit. Yeah, a bit. They wait for it and wait for it as Steven gets up and runs away. Indeed, multiple angles of this security footage showing no monster, no Egyptian jackal, just Steven. As for the triumphant reveal of Moon Knight, as seen at the end of last week's episode or as anticipated here as he walks out of the restroom no no it appears to be steven just dressed in his civvies staring at the camera steven says it's not him and i think pete for the eagle-eyed viewer uh being able to to see oscar isaac's acting on display here on a certain level we too can see it's not steven we can see it's mark uh later the head of security perhaps the head of hr says there's no uh wish to press charges in fact pete i'll point out that this person kind of largely off camera kind of in a in a creepy way um but anyhow they're not going to press charges things have been tough for a while with steven yes here is a pamphlet for a great group of doctors that can help him we could even arrange for an appointment they're great listeners Oh, by the way, do you have any museum stuff on you? He he says no, which is a really handy storytelling way for him to show he's got the old 
uh, flip phone that he's got the the key with the uh, strange logo on it. We're gonna go on a uh, on a trip with that in a moment. Um, so that's all a, an easy way to recap, as opposed to him going, "Here's the mysterious phone and key." Uh, but then, rather humiliatingly, but wait, you do have museum property. That name tag, that's museum property, isn't it? The pamphlet, Matt, with a circle, with a green crescent moon faintly visible on it that reads, providing the support you need to be the best you can be. There's an awful lot going on there. Man with a hand outstretched, like in the next scene, our boy Crawley with his other hand outstretched. There, there are things happening here. There are. And, uh, of course, this episode is directed by Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson. Uh, I had wondered, Pete... Of if Loki that... season two? <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I had wondered if the Moorhead and Benson team, who are directing two of the six episodes this season, um, you know, if perhaps somehow they were the lesser duo to Mohamed Diab, who has directed films, uh, albeit films mostly in Europe and the Middle East, uh, and Mohamed Diab, who's bringing all this uh, all, all this Egyptian perspective. No, no, this is still a highly directed episode that's not, again, it's not going the simple routes of, we're going to show you the, the head of HR instead, you know, intentionally masking him to add to that creepiness, to add to the details that you're picking up, and so forth. Pete, with that, take us to the Golden Street performer who you identified last week as not just any Golden Street performer. Yes, Crawley here, Bertrand Crawley in the comics, uh, telling him here that the good listener that he is, Stephen does, uh, that he got the sack. He doesn't blame them. He's the vandal. He should have been arrested. Uh, but he's found things in his flat if he could just find that storage locker, it might be the one chance to prove to himself that he's not mad. And then he hugs Crawley, who slightly moves and, you know, looks astonished at the same time. It's a, it's a great acting moment for somebody that, you know, primarily remains still. Indeed, great acting, uh, even in the not acting department. Uh, we move to the camera moves to Stephen walking. He sees a storage place. Uh, he walks in. He says he's been to five branches already. Maybe you could. Oh, no, wait. No, the security card says number 43. I recognize you right this way, mate. The worker brings him down a wonderfully shot hallway. The light sensors clicking on as they walk. Pete, a dramatic license that the ones in the rear would click off so quickly. It's worth it for the visual. It's it's showing uh, Stephen, less so the guard, kind of being stranded, you know, where he's at and all that. Uh, the door is unlocked. Uh, Stephen enters it, finding what is essentially Another a bug out. Another QR code on the uh, locker there. Yeah, which linked to a free comic on Marvel.com, which was the, the debut of Moon Knight, which is a cool takeaway. But, Pete, where is my... It. They've done it the first two weeks here so it's not a one-off that's all well and good where is my you know Pete, i think back to, to to some of the best versions of this you know in between the season the early seasons of lost you know look here's the flight manifest here's the what a lot of it was fooey a lot of it was you click around for a little while and it does some grand reveal of 
a rejected script page, which of course, you know, isn't real because like, it's fun to be in the headspace of, oh, look, I'm on the Oceanic Airlines website here. Okay, a free comic from Marvel.com. I, I, I suppose that's more tangible than not, but I was a bit disappointed. Um, I mean, they're giving you something. There you go. Inside, we've got this tidy, reflective space. There's a cot. There are crates. And Steven unzips a duffel bag. Oh, my God plucks the handgun out, places it on the cot. There's foreign currency in there, a passport uh, from the United States bearing the name Mark Spector, date of birth, 9 March 1987, which if we're in the 2023 time frame here would make him approximately 36 of Illinois. He reads this, he sighs, and then no way the scarab is in there. It's totally real. It's wings open. It levitates over. It says it's kind of like a compass, but it does not point north. And then we have the reflection again. Uh, Stephen's reflection, but a discussion with Mark. Indeed. Hello, man in the mirror. Uh, the the wondering here is Stephen a mad secret agent? Is Mark the mad secret agent? Are you a demon? Mark said uh, Mark can save them. He says, and here's how it will work. Stephen just nap on the cot. We get the revelation that Mark is Conchu's avatar, protecting those in need. Conchu, we are reminded uh, <laughs> via dialogue between you know uh, Oscar Isaac and Oscar Isaac. Conchu is the Egyptian moon god. Uh, Stephen wonders if this is uh, a result of that bit of steak that he ate. So, Pete, steak eating confirmed. Maybe that wasn't our biggest theory last week, but, Pete, we cover them all. Not a very good vegan, man, is he? (laughs) Well, uh, you know, look, he had a – he's had a rough go here. Um, Stephen is panicking. He's ready to take this bag of illegal stuff to the authorities, hopefully the NHS. Pete, that's the the nationalized health service there, the the national medicine, if you can stomach it. Uh, Hopefully the NHS will see all of this and fill him with pills and keep him away, which is a great character moment. Steven just wants to be safe, wants to keep others safe, and wants to get a handle on this situation, uh, which might make for a less impressive comic book show, but I think it's a great little character moment there. As he leaves the flickering exit lights the thudding again uh the lights coming towards him the quick flashes of conchu i mean really atmospheric runs away screaming as the padlocks are jiggling on the lockers there's some very interesting reverse angles particularly in slow motion and then as he rounds a corner Conchu is there and turns and tells the fool to give it back. And then there's a rather odd freeze. There is. I, I feel like there's an energy to this. Again, it's a proper good scare. Um, I, I suspect a similar tone for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I, I don't think we're getting Marvel's first horror series followed by Marvel's first horror movie as breathlessly as they want to make those claims multiple years out. Um, ultimately, when Steven runs outside, he uh, is almost run over by Layla. Yes, Layla. She tracked his phone. Something else P 
Pete that we had pondered. I think you were the one that put that put that uh, phrase to utterance. She's wondering if this is an undercover thing. She thought Mark was in danger again, kidnapped again. But of course, she knows Mark has got the suit. So hold on tight. Hold on to your wife. Um, and he, of course, is still being Stephen. She notices that. He's saying, this is not my undercover thing. This is how I talk. Please get me home. So that, Pete, two bodies and three people forming uh, a nice uh, triangle of conflict. The uncertainty of where to hold on to her, you know, clenching onto the shoulders and then around the waist awkwardly, you know, being told by Layla again and again to drop the accent. It, it all works so well to flat 502 where Layla enters and checks out the aquarium. Uh, Mark's reflection speaks to Stephen and tells him that she should not be there and get her out. Uh, but Stephen just wants his life back. Is this his flat? Does he live with someone else? Uh, he tells her it's his mom's flat because apparently they are talking again. Um, next to uh, a book called uh, Man in the Ice, Matt, which is an actual archaeology book, but um, has some greater significance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, she finds a book of uh, Marceline Desbordes Valmore, uh, her favorite poet, also his favorite poet, and we see his French poetry recitation uh, and then overlapped with hers. Indeed, uh, not a bad move to be uh, reciting poetry en français. Uh, she also sees that he's been learning some hieroglyphics. She knows them too, still calling him Mark. Anyhow, is he ready to sign those papers? Uh, he had said, he, Mark, had said they needed to move on. The papers are for divorce. Layla asks what he's doing. Uh, and Stephen says that Mark is a right twit, uh, even as Mark looks on in the mirror. Interesting, Pete, that Stephen wants to, sit, to stay married to this woman that he, Stephen, has just met. Uh, Mark talks to him through the mirror, saying that he's making a mistake, which is to say, you know, not pursuing the divorce. Uh, Stephen shows the bag. Mark tells him, no, this will get her killed. Uh, Layla finds the scarab and says that they fought for it together. Uh, and now Mark is hanging on to it for himself. So added conflict there. Uh, Pete, take us to the recap of Stephen Grant. Layla pushes him aside with this scarab that she says points to Amit's Ushabti. That's a funeral figurine. Uh, the thing they fought side by side for uh, this whole one man show. Is this so Stephen can keep it or Mark can keep it for himself? Um, and that he just shoved it in a gym bag. Uh, but he says he's not Mark Spector. He's Stephen Grant. He used to work in a gift shop. I uh, think he's in real danger and that she's maybe the only person that can help him. Um, but she asks why he doesn't remember why they were looking for the scarab, their adventures, their life together. 
wishes he could when there's a knock. Indeed, a woman at the door. Uh, indeed, a woman and a man. It's D.C. Fitzgerald and D.C. Kennedy. Pete, as I know you know, the D.C. stands for Detective Constable, the lowest rank of detective. Uh, and uh, Pete, two great actors here. Something with how they're dressed, maybe suggesting that they're not actual D.C.s on the case here. Um, they kind of push right in. Uh, Pete maybe over there. Uh, they don't need to ask for permission to enter. Maybe, as we're going to learn later, they're not actual detective constables. Um, he says he's the only one there. Uh, he asks if if they're there about the toilet at work. He, he's been sacked, kind of punishment meted out. Uh, Kennedy sees an open window. We see Layla hiding uh, just around the corner of the window, hiding outside. Fitzgerald says there's a stolen item here. And look at that, a Mark pass, uh, Spectre passport so identity, falsification, and so forth. They cuff him in the car. The two detectives shaking their heads as they reveal tisk tisk. Look at what the file says. Mark Spector, part of a Merc team uh, that took out a dig site in Egypt. The dig team was zip tied and shot. They pull up at an abandoned building. Fitzgerald grabs the mirror. Here is when we see uh, an Amit Scales tattoo. The coppers, or faux coppers, step out, uh, and Stephen asks for help from some of the people there, but we see that they are tattooed followers of Amit as well. Uh, we see Mark through the window saying that uh, he, Mark, can take control at this point. See, Stephen says that he will never hand over control, uh, and uh, Arthur Harrow hears him, the, the uh, walkie-talkie having been left on. He's let out of the car, Stephen is. Uh, Arthur wanted to better understand the situation. No wonder your scales don't balance. That was last episode. What with all those voices? Stephen Grant, Mark Spector, Khonshu. Did Khonshu choose you because your mind was so easy to break? Or was it broken already? Which is a delicious yet sad question. And Stephen says that he just needs help. Our uh, detectives here... Uh, one was called on screen, Billy, um, credited in uh, the credits later as Billy and Bobby. Some greater significance there. And uh, Arthur says uh, they're terrific. Uh, before we start to get this tour here, Matt, um, and also the disclosure that uh, Stephen and Mark being uh, the avatar and that that was a privilege that once belonged to Arthur. Conchu uh, all the while here uh, telling him, uh, telling Stephen to kill Arthur, um, all of which Arthur knows is a great command. Break his windpipe. <laughs> um, and, uh, Arthur's telling him here that he does not have to do everything Conchu asks and that before he put on puts on the cape uh, that he could show him around here. Um, this neighborhood used to have the highest crime rate in the city, but now there's all sorts of people. It's a community. There's a violin being played. People don't lock their doors at night. It's a goat and chases growing tomatoes. Um, Arthur speaks Mandarin to the young woman who uh, was playing soccer and had the 
uh, scale tattoo. They all aspire to learn three languages, Matt. Pretty intentional there beyond just the biblical uh, as Conchu sits on the roof there and watches all of this. Take us to the location from the first episode teaser act. Indeed. And this whole scene, I think, so critical in giving Arthur Harrow and the followers of Amit real depth and background. Uh, I must confess, Pete, I was thinking of the the lengthy time it took in Daredevil season one uh, to have the actual reveal of Wilson Fisk. Um, You said his name, man. Pete, just because he's on Disney Plus now doesn't mean he can hurt us. It still is perhaps a pocket universe. I don't know. It's confusing. Um, But, I mean, so much to aspire for in this scene, even though we're going to see some less aspirational things later. Uh, But, indeed, what I thought was some sort of far-off, you know, high-ceilinged temple uh, from the teaser act of the first episode is now just the interior of this once-abandoned building. Um. We see folks watching dolphin videos. There's free food. There's even vegan food over there. Arthur notes that he's a vegan. Try the lentil soup. I mean, Pete, this whole scene, things that I like too. I like tomatoes. I like goats and the cheese that they make. Okay. I only speak the one language, but should we not all aspire to speak more languages? Uh, Pete, I've had some lovely lentil soup in my day as well. Arthur knows that Stephen wants to be on the right side of things, so you don't need to listen to Conchu. Uh, is he saying, I am real justice? He is. Uh, we get some backstory here. Arthur was Conchu's former avatar, once the Fist of Vengeance. Now it's Stephen? No, no Mark. Arthur says that Conchu shows up after harm is done. Amit, however, punishes before the evil happens. Amit will light the path to good, by eradicating the path to evil. And on this topic is the scarab, which is uh, revealed to be a compass uh, to Amit's tomb. Pete, which made me happy because I had argued in the last episode, let's make the scarab have some sort of substance, not just be a thing that they fight over. Um, But once freed, can you imagine the crowd standing? uh, Can you imagine then the, the crowd around them starts to stand rather facing Stephen? Can you imagine evil eradicated being there in that moment, heaven on earth? Uh, as for the scarab, does Stephen have it? Does Mark have it? Uh, and with that, Stephen asks for Mark and asks if Conchu will free him after this last mission. And all this one last mission stuff, Pete, is a lie. As it always is here. There's always one last thing. Um, and on the subject of, you know, wiping out people before they would do the terrible thing the ideal of killing children 30 years before they make bad decisions um but arthur likens this to uh you know the dosage of uh medicine or the amputation of a limb um and they're all listening here as steven's inquiring about child murder um when the cane comes up here. It was a gift to Conchu's um, or Amit's first avatar. Uh, it contains just a tiny sliver of her power, begins to glow purple. Now, where's the scarab there? The wind starting to kick up. And then 
Layla enters, holding it. It's right here. Don't make that deal, Mark. Indeed. I have it. You know, great reveal there. Great reinfusion of Layla into the story. Arthur reaches for it, promising to keep it safe. Uh, she walks closer, telling Stephen to summon the suit. Of course, Stephen can't, and a fight breaks out. Layla's on the run. Soon they're on the second level, even as Arthur's cane spews purple magic on the ground. He calls out a, a, a prayer, a spell in Coptic. The ground melts, uh, revealing a fairly well-rendered demon limb. I guess, Pete, some of these effects need to have been done less goodly than others, and that one, not that great. But we quickly do cut to elsewhere in the building. There are Egyptian antiquities, uh, our heroes behind a closed door. Layla tells Stephen to release the suit. Uh, reflections of Mark uh, tell Stephen to give the body over. Um, after all, you know, there's this need to fight here. She, she promises that he can do this. Stephen says he can't. So sigh, they'll have to find another way. But at the door, Pete, I must confess, I thought it was the, the standing crowd after them. Instead, it is the jackal that he sees. Uh, but now we do not, uh, which ties up nicely to uh, the jackal not having been recorded on the uh, museum footage. Um, he goes out the window, falls out the window, bang, takes takes quite a quite a bang, but then lands as the Mr. Knight character. Uh, it's Steven in a little suit. Uh, and he's got kind of little, little psycho Colonel Sanders. Well, Pete, some like Mark might call it psycho uh, Colonel Sanders. I'll just say that those are some sweet fighting poles that he has. They are. I mean, obvious similarities to Deadpool aside here uh, to get the, the Mr. Knight outfit at this point. Something they've been very upfront about was coming. What what the hell? Are they wearing, though, this is new to both Stephen and Mark. When he told him to summon the suit, he wanted the ceremonial armor from Conchu's temple, not the aforementioned psycho Colonel Sanders. Where's the scarab? Do you have it? No. But there are those batons, those little poles. What are they for? And then something falls on him. Yeah, this is a stellar fight, obviously, kind of one-sided. It actually made me think, Pete, you know, anytime anybody in any of these movies or TV shows is fighting the computer-generated thing, of course they're fighting nothing or a guy in a green suit or something like that. Like, of course, it's there's less than we see in the final product here. So in a certain sense, this is like the authentic actual thing that they filmed that we're seeing. Uh, at a certain point, Layla throws a bottle at the unseen form uh, water dripping on it so we can see the jackal for a moment. Uh, grabs her and she's pulled down the street. Mr. Knight can handle this uh, and he gets ready to fight. Uh, Steven throws a punch, a powerful punch. Uh, you got planted. Then the jackal punches back and uh, Londoners just think that he's a fancy drunk. <laughs> um, the double-decker bus there with the GRC catchphrase reuniting you with your better half very interesting uh but Juan Juan float like a butterfly sting like a bee Steven with a V there that big punch um perhaps his better half uh as 
they go out into the street and they're struck by the car there. Uh, Mark notes that hell of a punch in the reflection on the bus, uh, but wants um, Stephen to cede over control because if he looks around, people are going to get hurt, not just potentially Layla. So, all right, he allows it, and Mark takes control, and the Moon Knight suit comes back around. Indeed, uh, pulling at the symbol, scythes in hand, uh, Moon Knight leads the jackal away over the rooftops of London, hero slow-mo shot included. Uh, they run around the buildings and such, uh, rooftops, jump, you know, jumping from rooftop to rooftop. They slide down a building uh, tactically, uh, which leads to the jackal being speared uh, by a monument. It fades to dust, and the scythe falls and is returned to the chest piece. Really, really a fun scene there. Uh, Moon Knight fades, and uh, our hero, uh, I first thought Stephen, but still Mark, as we will find out in a moment, can't find something. Uh, it's the scarab. Uh, we cut to a, a a homeless man finding it. Uh, for all the good of the previous scene with Arthur Harrow and the lentils and the goat and and Mandarin and all of that, uh, here Harrow takes the scarab from this this man and takes the man uh, the man's energy. Layla sees that and rides off. I think Pete that a small but critical scene to remind us that for all the dolphin videos and community help and unlock doors and all that this is still not a good guy this is still not a good group um and i think that that little inclusion there of of indigent man oft because he dared hold the scarab uh is is a key part to this episode this location where mark has come to rest after the jackal has interestingly not turned to dust um with a, a pyramid and the reflective glass surface where now Steven's on the inside. So we flipped the paradigm and it's, it's been a while that this has gone on. Mark tells us. Um, and again, that old one last time, one last ride thing. We get this right. Okay. We'll be able to not have to do this anymore. Yeah, and I think, you know, here we've spent an episode and a half with the very sympathetic Stephen. So I think our sympathies are with him as he's now trapped in the the mirror side of things. Pete, I almost said the mirror universe, which would be quite a quite a confluence indeed, but kind of you know trapped behind the 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 mirrors here. Uh, it's noted by Mark that the wall between their two personalities has changed. Uh, Stephen blames Mark for all the troubles in Stephen's life. Uh, and, and here it's Stephen calling Mark a parasite. Mark promises to leave once this is all and done. Again, Pete, uh, it, you know, uh, calling out for the one last mission. Hashtag one last mission. Um, Stephen says that he's going to protect Layla, which sends Mark into a rage. Conchu uh, watching from the, uh, the rooftops and, you know, in a great scene here, courtesy of special effects, goes from the one to the other to right next to Mark. Uh, he says that uh, Conchu says that Mark can't be trusted and uh, that Conchu found Mark almost as a corpse. Um, it is Conchu that owns the body, but Mark says that they're going to get to Amit's tomb first, regardless. So a bit of a story clock here. 
Um, and Conchu affirms that once the deal is up, Mark still might not like the next candidate that's been floated that that will be Layla. With that, where are they going? Pete, I ask you, where are they going? We've got Mark in a tiled room, Matt uh, sitting next to the bed, having himself uh, an adult beverage. There's a rather sizable plate on the floor. There's signs of disturbance. The lamp is on the floor as well, some cushions. And as the curtains billow and we can see it's daytime, gets up, looks there, and it's not Las Vegas. Indeed, it's revealed to be Cairo. Let's sink our teeth into some sphinx-stumping riddles. Pete, one area that's not a riddle, are the pyramids really that close to, you know, the, you know, the, the city proper of Cairo? Yes, absolutely they are. I know that's uh, something, well, it's a perspective of truth, but it's also, I suspect, the presence of uh, uh, the previous director and also series executive producer, Mohamed Diab, who's striving to bring a more authentic uh, Egyptian presence. Um, on top of that, Pete, let's let's stick with that last scene for a moment. I know it's not Stephen who's in the hotel room. Uh, is it Mark, or will we get another personality? We have not yet heard about Jake, uh, so the possibility there. Uh, are they going to throw somebody else at us? It's it's not uh, Mister Knight. Matt, could it be psycho Colonel Sanders because one of the common locations from which those uh, Giza pyramids are observed is from maybe the strangest set Kentucky Fried Chicken in the world? Indeed, Pete. <laughs> one of the oldest most noble uh, constructions in the history of humanity, uh, the, the, the Giza Plateau and so forth, uh, visible from a, a Cairo KFC, which is just... How about this, Pete? <laughs> Let, let's, let's look at it in a positive way. It's a reminder of the interconnected, the, the interconnected nature of our world, both in place and culture uh, and also in time. So maybe that's a positive there? An awful lot of upside-down imagery or flipping of imagery to go along with our reflections now visual cues obviously of the mirroring and that things are not quite right particularly as you know here we have the first of the two Moorhead and Benson directed episodes and with the promise of a game changer in episode four uh, Pete on April 20th um, you know, I, I'm kind of playing the, I'm playing the game of what could it be? And do we get the possible notion laid here or strengthened here that Mark is the original or foundational personality and that, um, when he is healthy or if this, um, you know, if this, uh, disassociative identity disorder gets resolved either, you know, medically or through the powers of the MCU, you know, magic, technology, whatever. Um, is it Steven who might disappear? I think that's an interesting, there's interesting potential there, but I don't know that it's kind of wowie, wowie, you know, uh, game changing. So 
the jackals not being visible to others, yet they are indeed there. What do you think that's all about? I mean, again, if it's under the umbrella of magic, I think that that's how I'm explaining it um, thus far. I think it also does give a handy kind of interim thing, like everyone thinks um, Stephen done the deed at the museum, and it allows Stephen to continue to be kind of downtrodden, even though we now definitively can say, um, you know, it was not his illusion that we were seeing, uh, you know, the jackal is actually there. Um, jackal confirmed. I, I guess beyond that, I'm not quite sure how they would make use of it. Uh, however, as I said in the recap, it certainly was novel to see a two-creature fight, but you can only see the one. That was uh, that was a fun bit of TV. The Doctor's pamphlet and the circle, like a moon, the green crescent, like a moon, um, that in the next scene right after that, Crawley with a stringless monocle, just listening there, you know, like those Doctor's, on the pamphlet are just going to be listening other hands stretched out um also steven has said this is his one chance to prove to himself that he's not mad is this all taking place possibly in his head is he under therapy in some sort of institution bobby and billy Okay, in the credits are Detective Constables, uh, Kennedy and Fitzgerald. Uh, in the comics, they are orderlies in a hospital. I had alluded last week uh, to a show that had done something similar, uh, and I maybe won't upset the spoiler apple cart completely, but um, if that's the case, I would say let's continue to watch for well constructed explanations on how that could be i would expect that if that's the reveal in episode four then we're going to get some sort of sixth sense style you know and behold when the detective constables came here's the scene reshot but in uh you know in the uh the common room at the psychiatric hospital and, and things of that sort to kind of give us keystones i, I would say this if 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 I, if I could speak to the past Jeremy Slater and the rest of the crew making this show, it, you're playing with fire if you do that. Can you pull it off? Yes. Can it be mind-blowing? Absolutely. Um, but the more affection we feel for, let's say, Stephen, and the more kind of admiration we feel for the, the merc, not with a mouth, the, the merc that's the <laughs> mark, um, you know, kind of being tough and cool and, you know, and... and as uh, as awesome as Layla is, there's a certain point where, you know, hey, show, if you pull the rug out from under us and say, all those things that you really like aren't actually there, can it be done? Yes, but you're you're playing with fire, and fire can cook or fire can burn. Number 43, uh, Matt, the storage locker, that an allusion to Moon Knight, number 43, you're aware who uh, who pops up in that one, are you? Uh, I will take... I have no idea. I will take a guess. Is it maybe Blade? No, not Blade. 
Okay, but we get some uh, Daredevil in there. We get some Black Knight. Um, that's the one, uh, that issue um, uh, where they give us the multiple maniacs. This is uh, done um, in an Infinity War tie-in. Uh, a lot of doppelgangers going on there. Okay. Uh, in addition to uh, Black Knight and Daredevil, we also get Dark Hawk. Uh, so possibly portending any of those arrivals. It, it it will be interesting to see what's ahead in the show, just in terms of that all sounds well and good. It's only six episodes. It's only 300 minutes. I, you know, at, at what point, sometimes these comic book shows and movies uh, maybe more of the shows they, they kind of run the risk of if it's all about setting up the sizzle for the big turn then you kind of look back and say well so it kind of was the journey along the way was without substance i'm not feeling that right now in fact if anything i was blown away watching this episode saying there's so much great stuff being given to ethan hawk to do in the form of arthur harrow that it's it's refreshing to see you know, a a baddie who is the equal of the goodie, which most stories do, but here's one who's so believable, so charming, so affable, so admirable, aside from the killing of people, um, that it's just kind of a wonder to behold. Um, I hope, even if they do maintain this reality and it's not actually Dr. Arthur Harrow, who's the director of the, uh, the psychiatric hospital or that sort of thing, um, I, I hope that all of this doesn't get overshadowed with like, and it's Daredevil and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. And that's all who needs to show up from the Marvel Netflix shows. Viewing the details in this episode from Layla's perspective, you know, she talks about um, Stephen being the latest fake identity for Mark. Um, does she not know he's sick? She thought he was... Uh, kidnapped again and then the detail about this being um, Stephen's mother's apartment and that they're talking again even though we've not heard her he's just left her messages I I know in the in last week's podcast I was kind of uh, back and forth uh, and in preview podcasts do we get some sort of you know flashback of truth or flashback from Mark's point of view? Um, I would welcome seeing the happy Mark and Layla days. I would, in answer to your to your point, Pete, I would suspect that those times Mark was kidnapped, you know, Mark the Merc, who she knows is out there doing you know uh, bounty hunter meets Indiana Jones kind of stuff. Uh, I would suspect that maybe the times, some of the times he was kidnapped, it was, uh, you know, these um, spells of disassociative identity disorder. Um, and that's kind of explaining the Stephen side of it. Obviously, or maybe perhaps not obvious, there's the possibility that something has occurred in the past that has upset this previously easy balance uh, we do get the reference to now whoever is in charge of the body seems to have more and more power that sort of thing so i do wonder if in these upcoming four episodes do we get a flashback one 
Um, maybe it's more suited to like continuing the current story with episode three, Muhammad Diab returns to direct than in that, you know, game changing episode four is that one where we say, Oh my goodness. In episode three, is it daredevil? And then episode four, we go taking place completely in the past. And we get that tension to carry over to episodes five and six. This massacre that's taken place at a dig site in Egypt, these slain archaeologists um, that Mark Spector is reputed to be the mercenary that hit there. What what is that all about? I didn't hear a denial. Right, right. I, I mean, look, I'm thoroughly enjoying the show, thoroughly enjoying every aspect about it. I'm not a fan of Mark. Like, I like Steven, and I think there's a lot, obviously, They've gone out of their way to make us sympathetic towards Stephen. Uh, Pete, I think of the our pal on Twitter, who I don't think listens to this podcast because he gave up after 20 minutes on the show, uh, the first 20 minutes of the first episode. You know, it's all us getting sympathetic to Stephen. Therefore, I think it's okay for me and perhaps others to really not like Mark. If If you, the show, are going to tell me, yeah, no, Mark, legit, there was a bunch of, just archaeologists out there with their proper permits doing the science of history, digging and cataloging and, and, you know, plastic bagging and all the rest. And he was part of, you know, murdering them in cold blood. A, I'm okay with that standing. Um, and B, I'm okay in further saying that is, that is profoundly wrong. And one of the benefits of the whole split personality thing is you can still have the same actor and whatnot. You could have the villain and the hero in the same body. Um, but Pete, I am buying what they offered up there that that Mark did that. He killed those people, killed people who should not have been killed. We're not actually the secret army of the damned or that sort of thing. Just he's a bad guy. So why does Mark not know the Mr. Knight suit? Um, is it truly the first time it's appeared what do you think there? My take watching this episode without the pre, you know, without preconceived notions from the comics is that, you know, Mark is you Mark is calling forth the traditional Moon Knight outfit as per the trainings of Khonshu or that sort of thing, but that that's kind of Mark's outfit. And then here we have Steven calling forth um calling forth a different outfit that is that is the you know what we're calling Mr. Knight the kind of Stephen Moon Knight outfit, one that reflects him. Um, do I understand, Pete, from the comics that Mr. Knight is yet another personality? Ish. Okay. <laughs> I feel like in this episode, Mr. Knight was not another personality. It was Stephen in a suit. The way we can infer it's Mark dressed as Moon Knight OG. Um if that's a distinction that becomes more distinct later on, so be it. But I think that for right now, it's another example of Marvel taking this kind of bounty of riches and saying, we're going to kind of combine two things together a little bit um, and not necessarily at this point, go down the, the full length of Mr. Knight is a completely third different character. This bit about Harrow and his disciples all aspiring to learn three languages so they teach each other the, the three, obviously, of the reflections, the idea of talking and listening 
I it just feels like we're front loading the idea that this is some kind of therapeutic environment. It's on the one hand a very aspirational thing, you know, learning these multiple languages, uh, learning different cultures, being able to communicate, and all of that. Certainly, if it is again, as you said, Pete, one of those things that's setting up the reveal of, um, you know, the reveal of everybody in the hospital goes to language class on Mondays and Tuesdays is pottery and Wednesdays is therapeutic painting and all of that. Again, it could be one of those Sixth Sense st style things where you know, cut to the, you, you, you know, cut cut to a similar but very different environment. A lot of crescent shapes the dolphins jumping in a crescent form a lot of triangles and pyramids there was a great shot from above as they're uh getting to that uh street alley commune harrow's kind of uh you know uh put back together of a, a triangle visible from above next to a smokestack you know, if these don't have larger meaning, they're definitely carrying forward those motifs. And, you know, a number of the Marvel um, Studios TV series, as I think we all know, have had single uh, directors. One of the pleasant surprises of this episode was that there did there did really feel to be not just like oh, it's the same story because Marvel Studios says, who cares where you place the camera? Just go get us footage and we'll figure it out in the edit. There felt like there was a, a common directorial theme um, here, which, you know, obviously Moorhead and Benson different than Muhammad Diab, but there was that overarching uh, uh, flavor to it all that I really, really appreciated. <laughs> Let's now go to your toot and comments. Pete, first stop, as always, is our Twitter poll uh, in which uh, voters were able to give uh, light to the episode. Uh, All Cloudy got 2.3%. One Moon Bright got 6.8%. Uh, two and a Half Moons Bedazzled got 22.7%. Uh, and Three Moons Blinding got 68.2%. Some comments here. First one from JT Atkins. JTA is me on Twitter. Nice touch with Steven trying his hand at fisticuffs. You go. The mystery and ambiguity of Mark slash Steven's situation is intriguing since I have no clue what happened with this character in print. Again, Pete, a common thread here. Many kind of MCU comic fans here have no idea what's going on with this character, myself included, and how that's a real, you know, a, a really wonderful thing. Uh, LMD Mary, that's at Geek Kirk, says, I hope this com I hope I get this comment in time for recording, which Pete, a couple of people had said that. Just so you know, polls always going up Wednesday evening for the Disney Plus shows, going up Thursday evening for the Star Trek shows, and up there and open until we record. So Saturday mornings for uh, Marvel, Sunday mornings for, uh, for uh, Star Trek. Anyhow, Mary says, do we all agree that the bars that Stephen pulls from uh, behind, uh, beyond his back when he's Mr. Knight are the same as the bladed weapons Moon Knight pulls from his chest, um, but manifest uh, more defensive than offense. Uh, Pete, do you agree with that? I know Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo 1983 says that they are the same color. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, next, we hear from uh, David Siller. That's Silver David Poet on Twitter. These Disney Plus Marvel shows have the habit of getting better with each episode, adding to the story, weaving the webs, setting up later payoffs. Moon Knight is no different, except that the better was upped more than a few notches. It was like better squared, maybe cubed. From the introduction <laughs> to Layla, the appearance of Mr. Knight, to the twist in Fortunes with Steven learning about Mark's perspective, it was fantastic with a PH from beginning to end. And I can't wait for the next four installments. Pete, that's four with a letter F. Perhaps Mr. Siller let us down a little sl- slightly what there. What if I uh, told you that five with a PH has has now been seen? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, next, we hear from Andre Yeager at Dr. Polo 1983. Uh, I'm really liking the way they portrayed Mr. Knight. Different twist on the story and makes the story fresh. They can go in any direction with the story now. They're uh, also doing a good job with Harrow's story. I understand where he's coming from, and uh, he truly understands Moon Knight. Oscar Isaac killed it again. He plays each character totally different. Nice to meet Layla as well. The story is wide open now. Loving it, Moon Knight. Next, we hear from Noel Gardner at Noel Camille on Twitter. This episode was good in so many ways. Stephen and Mark battling each other in the mirrors. Layla coming in to guide Stephen. Harrow walking a line trying to justify precog justice. Kanchu, <laughs> uh, great, great reference there. And that's what I was thinking the entire time too. I've Minority never already report. Yeah, yeah. I, I've at Those no other time that Mister Knight has better not be six sticks and cause people to vomit because then i'm out (laughs) um but it is interesting i've never considered punishing people before their guilt i've never considered it in pop culture before except for minority report right uh noel gardner goes on to say conchu being a menacing jerk mr knight being a whole different twist uh psycho colonel standards sander sanders laughing emoji Next, we hear from Spider-Ham Lincoln. That's at TessLC139. This was a good unfolding episode, especially for those unfamiliar with Moon Knight. I'm glad we got more of Mark, Harrow, Layla, and Khonshu, plus Mr. Knight and another Jackal. Uh, this story has a progressive style that keeps us interested and engaged from start to finish. I like that Marvel knows it has a sophisticated and intelligent audience. I give episode 102.5 Crescent uh, Moon Shuriken. Next, we hear from Make It So, K-C-L-Y-L-E-1 on Twitter. Uh, loving it. Uh, cool take on Mr. Knight. Uh, the MK costume is great and looked cool in the city chase. Does Kanchu not have a neck? Like his head just sort of hangs out there? Uh, I would agree, yes. Uh, very interesting. Yeah. Uh, which is a yeah, which is a cool, uh, a cool effect. Uh, very interesting to see how they handle the multiple IDs going forward now that Grant has his own other. Uh, next, we hear from Darren Bell. That's uh, at Darth Rastlin seventy nine. Pete, I think that might be a, uh, a a Twitter name change there for Darren. Um, awesome episode. Conchu is a great character. Uh, thought the interactions between Mark and Stephen were really good. Really liked the humor in the show. Stephen needs to work on his superhero landings, though. Looking forward to trying to spot some apocalypse Easter eggs next week. Winky. Uh, next, we hear from Anna, uh, Rose Ferry, Anna Rose584. Fascinating episode of uh, that statue, or am I seeing things? Pete, that's uh, fascinating with a PH. So was there a statue, or was she seeing things? Uh, the statue that the um, the jackal was impaled on? Uh, 
Perhaps so. Perhaps we might have to go back and investigate further there. Uh, next, we hear from J. Uh, Philly B. That's at J. Philly B. For fandom, so well written and performed. I don't think I've ever been happier to be completely spoiler free and simply going a- along for the ride. Eight year me is geeking out over the Egyptian gods' role in the storytelling. This Oscar Isaac kid is really going places. Wink <laughs> emoji. Uh, next, we hear from the sagacious Dr. Bob Keeley. That's at R. Keeley on Twitter. Second week not in a James row. James, sagacious, though. Be careful not to confuse it, our guys here. Well, yeah, that's true. D- Dr. Bob existing in sagacity, as does James, uh, who, who has it in his Twitter. But both both men of, uh, men of, uh, of letters and so forth. Uh, Bob says, second week in a row, I was fully engaged in this curious and fascinating story. I'm already looking forward to next week. Penultimately, Pete, AMC, that's uh, at Ann Coltonham, says, fabulous episode of Moon Knight. I really loved Stephen seeing Mark's point of view of being uh, being in the inside. Uh, the story really moved forward in providing us with information and context on the characters and plot. Looking forward to listening to the podcast. And here, Anne, we are. Lastly, Pete, Snow Goggles at Snow Goggles. It is a fantastic time, fantastic with the PH, to be a Moon Knight fan. This show has some great action and reveals that are new twists. At the same time, Marvel has uh, new Moon Knight comics out. The Devil's Reign tie-in was especially amazing. Loving it. Can't wait for more. Pete, what do you have Facebook, on your Facebook, Matt, where on the Fantastic Geek Facebook page, Robert T. Frost writes in, Moon Knight, episode 102, Matt and Pete, I'm writing briefly today because life story. There are two QR codes shown in the show so far. The first is at the beginning of episode 101 when Steven is talking to the young girl throwing trash into the pyramid. As they walk towards the exhibit room, there's a QR code on the wall. Unfortunately, my phone can't read it too blurry. QR code two is on the storage locker door, and my phone was able to read it. That one actually leads somewhere fun. Hope everyone enjoys. Last, after seeing the stylish suit for Stephen's Moon Knight, and then Mark's traditional suit, I wonder if Stephen and Mark are the only personalities in this body. How many different versions can Oscar Isaac play till next week your friend bob if the answer is at least one more i think we'll find out at the beginning of the next episode if the next episode has us continue in the current timeline not be the flashback to apple podcast matt where we have a pair of reviews the first by Afozark. Uh, the headline is the all caps Moon Knight podcast to follow five stars. And it reads love fantastic geek. As far as I could tell, they are the only ones to do a podcast specifically focused on Moon Knight. I look forward to hearing their weekly reviews of this interesting series. Thank you. Afozark. Glad to be here for the ride. Uh, second review here from a Baron or a Baron five, uh, reads, this, uh, is the Marvel podcasters for you also five stars. And it reads, I started listening during WandaVision and have been along the ride ever since. 
I don't know much about Moon Knight as a character, so it always helps to have these two break it all down. Keep being fantastic with the PH. Thank you for those kind words. Uh, breaking it down as best we can, this character new uh, to many of us. Pete, to the email inbox, we start with the words of Stacy, uh, who sent in some thoughts about Moon Knight. We're going to hear more of her thoughts tomorrow for Picard, but on Moon Knight, Stacy, aka Stingray, aka Trek Girl 88 on Twitter, says, I really like how this is unfolding. We're getting information, but the mystery continues. I didn't expect to find out who Layla is so quickly, much less for her to be Mark's wife or for her to know about Moon Knight. I love it. She's so dark about where he's been, but not about who he is. Uh, she's in the dark about where he's been, but not about who he is. Well, kind of, since he's Steven with a V now. I also like the way the humor is peppered in. That initial suit he manifested and his reaction to it were great. Uh, so there you go, Pete. That from Stacy. And now, Matt, let's go to our friend down under, Jeremy. Hi, Pete, Matt, and listeners. This is Jeremy from Melbourne, Australia, saying that this was a wonderful second episode of Moon Knight. This episode does a great job continuing to build the Moon Knight end of the universe. We get new characters, development of existing characters, and start to understand the rules of the show. We get our first real glimpse of Mark when he's in control of the physical body. We discover how badass Layla really is, and just how much she knows, and we watch Ethan Hawke's character kill another innocent person. Yes, I did spot the QR code on Mark's storage locker that Stephen found. In case you didn't try following it, it really does lead to something unexpected. Great little treat here. Do you reckon the police who visited Stephen and Layla at the flat were just acting as cops? Or were they real police doing a favour for Arthur Harrow? And I alternated between being scared of Conchu and laughing at his animation. Did anyone else get a Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas kind of vibe from Conchu? These are just some of the things I found. I can't wait to hear what Pete and Matt and other listeners found that I missed. For this episode, I rate it 8 out of 10, impaled, invisible to everyone else, demon monster dogs. Appreciated, as always, to hear from Jeremy there, Pete. You know, if Fred from the Netherlands is Admiral Fred, I think Jeremy very quickly can be uh, Commodore Jeremy from Australia, maybe working his way up the rank ladder there. Uh, I have to say, I got a big chuckle on the notion that Kanchu has some sort of uh, Disney spiritual connection to Jack Skellington. Uh, I look forward to a <laughs> moderately made uh, holiday special, maybe not this year, but next year, whether it's uh, Lego, Disney plus Marvel. I don't know what it would be exactly, but Kanchu plus Jack Skellington, I'm never, ever going to unsee it. Maybe the greatest uh, episode rating of all time there, Jeremy. So keep them coming. And Pete, though we don't take the podcast from hither and yon, from London to Cairo and so forth by way of Budapest, uh, the journeys that we do go on are made possible by those who support us on patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Absolutely. Everybody who contributes gets access to exclusive podcast content. So get yourself over to patreon.com slash fantasticgeek with a PH, all one word today all sorts of levels to contribute at but it only takes a dollar a month to get you through that door can't contribute right now you could help us out equally by going to apple Podcasts, leave us a rating in seconds to this or any of our podcast feeds leave us a review in a little while longer all of them help 
spread the word and, you know, tab the algorithm for Fantastic Geek. Let's also keep the conversation going, Pete, with four episodes to go for Moon Knight. Also, weirdly, four episodes to go for Star Trek Picard. Uh, How can people be in touch with you to talk about the MCU on Twitter? You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 12,459 followers. Can't be wrong. And while I'm personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost, do be in touch with the podcast. Comment on FantasticGeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, where we are Fantastic Geek as well. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with a PH, all one word, like it today. For those listening on the Pop Culture podcast feed, we'll be talking Picard tomorrow. Maybe some Star Trek Lower Decks in the beginning of the week. Uh, If you're here just for Moon Knight, we will be back next Saturday to talk Moon Knight Episode 3. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. Feels like I'm riding with a Victorian Duchess.